Season two of Alphabet Flight, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Update eighty nine. I don't know how to fit that one. Uh, uh, and uh, with a friend, and we talk about all the characters you know and love and have forgotten as well. My oh. name is Wait Jesse. You, you think we're friends? Uh-oh. Uh oh. This I mean, is awkward now. Well, you know, it's uh, it's. I mean. It's fun and all, but well, yeah. See, I just take just... I take the word friends really. It, it means a lot to me, Jesse. So you know, it's not that I don't care about you. Yeah, it's just that you you wouldn't you you would you wouldn't go to my funeral, though. Well, when when is the funeral? <laughs> Are we talking in the next next year or so? Because then I'd feel a little guilty. But you know, yeah, in ten years, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, we uh, we are starting season two. By the way, that voice was Rob. My name is Jesse. I, I don't know how you're gonna, like. I don't know how if you're gonna like choose this episode out of like almost six hundred episodes to start on. But if you do, <laughs> this is season two. Um, season two. Yeah, and uh, and Rob, my uh, co, my my what what word I would try to say, my acquaintance. Here's uh, here's to uh, talk to me about, um, you know, Chris Claremont doing, you know, doing his thing where he uh, does Native American stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, he loved doing that, didn't he? Yeah, not too long after he just killed Thunderbird off in one issue. Yeah, not too far off after that. Um, also, did you know Thunderbird's power? He's just strong. You know, no, no one else is named after. (laughs) Wolverine isn't named Moose. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just. I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad name. I'm not going to knock Thunderbird on his name. There's a reason the malt liquor has lasted so long, Jesse. People love the name. Well, but the thing is, though, like, it's not even, like, a, a legend in the tribe he's from. Oh no no no! I am not. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about its accuracy within the Native American or any other culture. I think Thunderbird by itself is just pretty cool because you're taking two exciting words: thunder as but, a but it's, force but of it's, electricity and but it's lightning an actual, behind it. It's an actual birds. like religious belief of a culture. Do I? I don't care. So we don't. We don't, birds, we don't, we don't people make, love birds. We don't, we don't like, we don't go around naming like white people like no season and like mayo mm, when their mayo. power is something else. Like, I don't like know. mayo. Yes. I know, I'm, I'm with you. But just, I, I, in I terms to, of, I have to it's be a very it's, firm on this, Rob. Oh, whatever. I have to be. It's Thunderbird. <laughs> But whatever. Listen, just- <laughs> we should be happy that the embarrassment stopped after one issue, because I have a pretty good feeling that if Thunderbird had continued in the X Men, it probably would not have been great for a great view into his people, and he probably would not have been handled well. Oh, uh, do you want to know the reason why he was killed off? 
No. I do. Well, wait, no, I do, but I, I want to know, but I do not know. Oh, it's a bad reason. He's too similar to Wolverine. Why? How? Yeah, I know. Because it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, why? I don't, I don't, I think it makes sense for somebody to die in that well, story. But yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a dumb reason. No, no. Guess who else is a lot like a strong person? Colossus. Hmm. Yeah, but Colossus is really cool looking because he's all metal. Yeah, I don't know. And he yeah. has a flat top. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about some Native American Native American thing that that uh, Chris Claremont did. The adversary. Oh, I don't know who the the adversary is. It sounds familiar. Wait, wait. Oh, wait, wait. I'm well, it, later, later, it d- does not look like a Native American. Um, uh, uh, are you seeing it? Oh, it doesn't look okay. like this later. Okay, so I see a kind of stereotypical Native American. He's got a headdress, feathers. Uh, he's got a Marvel like domino mask on too, and no shirt and leather leather pants with a fringe and a loincloth because the pants aren't enough. Well, because I don't know if you looked at how sculpted his abs are, but like you have to, you have to. Actually, you know what? I was gonna say this, but he does have he. They do draw him with cum gutters. Oh, Jesse or Adonis Jesse. belt if you're Adonis belt if you're a goddamn <sighs> we like goddamn a, wimp. Oh, my prudish years. No, but uh, no, that is that is a well drawn uh, male figure. Absolutely, no, look at that. No, it's, that it, he's no, ripped. It's, no, it's a very well drawn figure that's not mm-hmm. like um like it looks realistically like yes. buff. Like and yeah. by realistically buff I mean someone who's paid to get be buff. Yeah, you know what's but. funny is back then it must have looked super cartoony <laughs> because people didn't look like that when they worked out for movies and stuff. But now that's like what all hunks look like. Well well so well okay, also this is a uh this is something I also need to be firm with. Um, hunks are kind and strong. <laughs> um, so don't call a jock or just a, just a nice dude or himbos a hunk because there, there's this, you know, you want to aim for himbo, obviously. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I think Jesse, I think you're, you're, you're not giving me enough credit. I look at that picture. I see an adversary who likes to cuddle. No, no, you know what? I look, I see a jock who's just someone who's strong and dumb. Uh, no, Jesse, you, I just think you're not giving him enough of a chance. Look in those eyes. Look in those eyes of those white pools behind that mask. Yep. <laughs> that's a, that's a man who, uh, who loves a good hug, loves ca- pictures of cats. Yeah. Well, and working I s- out. I say he's just a jock. <laughs> um, but now, um, so he first showed up. Well, I guess him. Uh, I don't know if gender. I don't know exactly how to say. They're technic technically a force. Like I don't know if they like ascribe ah, to a certain so, gender. So is this uh, is this 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 personage? This is just a uh, like a. It's a mystical force. A mystical force. So he doesn't always look like that. No, no. In fact, they look very different later. But Where do I, just, I know the adversary from? There's a big story, right? Like, like a famous yeah. story? Okay, I gotta remember this. Okay. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, but I bet I just sent you the link to the cover. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the cover is pretty interesting. Yeah, but yeah, it was the Uncanny X-Men issue number 187 at, in Oct- no, not October, November 1984. Hmm. Wraith Kill. Yeah, this is a period of X-Men I have not read much of, to be honest. I think up to, like, I started when I went back. When I started reading X-Men, I went back just to, what do you call it? Uh, the, the Trial of Magneto which is 200. So like, and then when I read later on, like classic stuff, I only got up to, I don't know, one thirty or 40, maybe. So yeah, there's kind of a middle period. That I don't know. Well, I mean, were you impressed by Magneto's, um, defense of, well, I, I was a baby not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. It was really <laughs> something. I mean, you know, he really managed to talk the entire war tribunal um, into that excuse. It's, well, but the thing is, he was, uh, though. I mean, yes. He is, technic- he is technically a new person. Well, see, look, this is how you define a person. It's the same mind. I I, I don't but, buy it, but, personally. But, I, I mean, again, though, like, he, he was a baby, and then he got hyper-aged into being, like, 50 instead of 60. Yeah, but then they put his mind back in. It, it's him. It's this is not but, a Joseph situation but, where it's like a guess clone what? or but guess something. What? What? That doesn't. You can't. You can't do my. You can't judge a person based off their mind in the Marvel universe because there's too many mind controllers. Yeah. Yeah, but it, here's the thing: with the, if you were really doing this stuff in the Marvel universe, you could just claim I was being controlled by somebody all the time. You still have to prove it. Yeah, but the thing is, sometimes you can't. What if Mystique is? Is actually turned into you and did a bunch of stuff, and you also got mind controlled, so you got double, double fucked. But it wouldn't have been me; it would have just been Mystique looking like me. But That's the what difference. If, but what if someone implanted memories of you doing this? Was it? him in a new body? But it's still him. I even think, he wasn't denying it was him. That, I don't think that that would hold up in Marvel Court. <laughs> so. Marvel Court. Marvel Court Court. Marvel Court, where habeas corpus can't matter because everyone would be in jail by now. <laughs> that already has to be a podcast, right? There's already... I know there's a legal comic book podcast, but uh, I want one that's specifically just doing trials from different comic books. But, uh, but yeah, let's actually get into this. Sorry, oh, yeah. Gotta, the adversary. Yeah, the, yes. But, no, but the, uh, the cover is actually pretty cool. You have... Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this, di- but this is when um, uh, Rom uh, crossed over with the X-Men. See, I had no idea Rom crossed over with the X-Men. I mean, I'm sure oh, I knew at some point, but I do not remember. Rom I also, crossed over with almost everyone. Rom I was never, a runaway hit. This is also around when like Nimrod appeared in the X-Men, and I never read those, so I have no idea. The whole Paul Smith years, I pretty much missed. Well, I can tell you that this cover is interesting. You know, is that Dormammu? Dread Dormammu? It looks like him. I mean, it's purple, fiery head. Uh, he goes to Limbo, so yeah, I think, isn't that where Dormammu hangs out? No. That's the Dark mm. Dimension. Oh, the Dark Dimension, that's right. Yeah, get your, uh, get your dimensions right, <laughs> Rob. No. Christ, I, you fake nerd. I, you know, I, I, it's so sad. So, Rom. <laughs> Rom is... I don't get Rom. It's only because okay. I've never read him. That's all. Rom, I'm sure Rom I would like good, Rom. 
It's a very good comic. There's a reason why it was it was it was one of the best sellers alongside X Men during this time. Like, yeah, it no, is, no, was I remember amazing. it was huge, and it's yeah. remembered way more for comics than for toys because those toys look a little weak. But you know, it's remembered way more for comics, and and it's not that I'm saying it's bad at all. I just I missed it entirely. So it's a big blank spot. And when you don't know who Rom is or about Rom, he looks a little goofy if you're coming from the outside. So. I just don't know Rom. It's like the Micronauts. I don't know anything except Bug. I heard I, I heard Micronauts is actually pretty decent too. People, people, it has its fans. I've just never read any of it. Also, that Marvel got Marvel had some real good licensed stuff that you could no longer read unless you can find them physically. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, or you yeah. gotta pirate them. That's that's yeah. the sad thing. Yeah, but but yeah, basically, basically, like Storm is being like attacked and stuff by uh, dire wraiths, and Rogue is in the background, flying, being shot by laser pterodactyls. Uh, laser pterodactyls. Yeah, pterodactyls shooting laser or very concentrated fire at her. Yeah, I don't know. They're pink. That tends to mean laser the, or the, the, psychic di- or a psychic knife. Well, the whole thing could be psychic, too. I don't really know. Like, I don't know what's going on with Storm. Is uh, she being sucked into that creature? Is she I, shrinking? I don't know. It's a good cover. Oh, it's very evocative. W- yeah. If there's one thing I will will not fault, uh, the Chris Claremont run of, of X-Men is that it had a good, it had good uh, artists. Oh, great John artists. Romita, yeah, John Romita Jr. did this. I'm just going to say, I've met... Both John Romita Jr. and his father, John Romita Sr. They are the loveliest people. They seem very nice, and they uh, really their, are. their art and their art's really great. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the expressive eyes on Spidey's suit without John Romita Jr. And I, no. I thank him for that. You wouldn't have good looking Peter Parker without him too. That guy could draw a fine looking Peter Parker. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, and if comics if comics are anything, they're homoerotic, but people are too <laughs> dumb to know about it when they're reading it when they're young. <laughs> yeah, like wrestling. Sure. Yeah, it's exactly. very homoerotic. Yeah. But that, speaking of homoerotic, this really spectacularly <laughs> drawn man, uh, the adversary. So yeah, the adversary but... is an ancient mystical entity, perhaps mm. demonic in nature, mm. who seeks to destroy the present universe and create a new one in its stead. Okay. The Cheyenne Indians, or tribe, I guess we would say now, is also refers to Adversary as the Great Trickster, for the Adversary uses deception and trickery in attempting to achieve his goals. Ah, so he's Native American Loki is how Chris Claremont's going to write him? Sure. That's, that's definitely something. Yeah. His native dimension is one of chaos, which the Adversary loves and seeks to spread on the Earth dimension. Uh, overturning order for mere sake of doing so. The adversary regards himself as a gamester. Wow, I think we... Gamester? I haven't heard that word. Like, ever. But as a gamester, toying with the fate of Cosmos for sheer enjoyment. Yeah, the gamester. Come on, the gamesters of uh, Triskelion, the ancient Star Trek episode. I would... Okay, so... What about... Lord Lord Order would just be like, nah, nah, dude, nah, nah I'm, I'm a, I'm I'm the concept of order itself. You <laughs> have to get real. You either have to get real big or get real good at magic to see me. By the way, 
Hank Pym at one point grows so big he got too big for the universe and that he met uh he met um I forgot the the universe's name. The body of the universe. Oh yes, Sakaz? No, um No, it's uh it's, Eternity? Eternity, Eternity. Yeah, Eternity, yes. yeah. Yeah, Eternity, but he met Eternity because he got too big, and he was just I like, wow, that's, like, so good, like, you're the scientist supreme, that was, like, magic, and he's just like, cool, we're gonna forget about this real soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, um, yeah, I don't see how you could actually grow so big that like that, without shoving several planets aside. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Hank Pym did it. Yeah, wow. Hank Pym also... Soon- also beat his wife. So let's not... Uh... Hank, Hank Pym also did the real unfortunate <laughs> thing where he took the wasp identity after after um, after the Queen Squall, Scroll died. Because he really? thought it was Janet Van Dyne for a little bit. Wait, so became there was a male wasp for a while? Yeah, it was Hank Pym. Did he wear the same outfits? <laughs> no, I mean, it was... Oh, no. no. But, but no, it was, like, real unfortunate. Um, that is very weird, considering his... Yeah. I don't know. No. Yeah, so the adversary uh, had compared himself to a weaver who, who was dissatisfied weaver. with the overall pattern of what he made and unconcerned with the fate of the individual threads, seeks to reweave it again and again until it is pleased with it. Hence, the aver- aver- wow. adversary seeks to destroy and remake the universe. And does not care how many billions upon billions of sentient beings must die in the process. Sure. I think if you're going to rebuild the universe, that's kind of the first thing to go. Caring about sentient beings. Yeah. Also, this feels like an X-Men villain. Like, it's just like, oh, it's the biggest, most amazing thing that will destroy everything and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, and then Mr. Portal Eyes over there is just like, bam, you're dead. (laughs) <laughs> and then that's it and you never hear from them again yeah. yeah they pop up in a minor story and then they're just like hey i'm real good and then like the kids beat them up instead <laughs> <laughs> power pack versus the adversary um so uh the cheyenne believe that all things are composed of energy sure they do i don't know okay i don't think chris claremont knows either so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna Say okay. Yeah. The adversary intends to destroy the universe by burning all of that energy completely at once. The full extent of the adversary's power is unknown, hence it is not clear whether he could truly create a universe himself. It is also unclear whether or not the adversary is older than the present universe, hence whether or not he had a role in the destruction of the previous in creation of the current one. Okay, Thank come God. on, no. Thank God no. they're trying to logically think this out. Jesus. Okay, you can't tell me this was the one that made like Galactus run away from his universe. No, you can't tell please. me. Please. By the way, it is now canon that uh, that the end of the current Marvel Universe, until it gets retconned, but it's canon that the end of the Marvel Universe will have both... Uh, We'll have both Franklin Richards mm-hmm. and uh, Galactus, and Galactus basically tells uh, Franklin the history of the entire Marvel Universe. By the way, read that comic, History of the Marvel Universe. It's real good. It's six issues. It's real good. Wait, they I think a- I read the first one. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. the next, the person who's going to be the first person in the next universe is going to be Franklin R- Richards. And then is he going to be Galactus? Basically, yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's fun. And I like yeah. it. You know? Yeah, no, I, I like, uh, I like, I don't know. I don't necessarily like adult Franklin Richards stories, um, but I like Franklin Richards in general. I, I just I prefer it when he's a kid. I mean, I, you haven't you you haven't read the Hickman run? No, no, correct. I I haven't. He's real so. good. He's like real yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, that that's Hickman. Generally, will make something uh, more interesting for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost like he made X Men not a pile of crap. Um, by the way, X Men is really good right now. <laughs> It has been for about a year, um, but yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, we don't know if he's a Galactus or not. Okay, we we actually we do know he's not. Um, in his true form, the adversary is not composed of physical manner. Hence, he cannot be fought successfully through magic nor through most forms of physical force. The exception is that the adversary is known to be vulnerable and uh, vulnerable to harm by cold iron. Hence, both steel and adamantium. Hmm convenient considering yeah. colossus and wolverine are both on this team cool so we could have a colossus uh hold him back while wolverine just stabs him with the stomach over and over again oh plus rogue <laughs> could take colossus's powers so you could have double double yeah. the iron steel whatever yeah. iron yeah well i know she could take both colossus's powers and wolverine's powers and just stab while punching them real hard there you go done yeah, yeah. convenient yeah, the Cheyenne Indians. Again, I don't think that this is true. I cannot. Okay, the Cheyenne Indians have long known the existence of the adversary, uh, and their shaman, the mutant known as Forge. Mm. I love trained- how they, they all got together and voted for Forge. <laughs> yeah, they were. He was trained from birth to like combat him. Now, Forge's teacher was an older Cheyenne shaman, Naez, who clashed with the adversary however forge rejected the life of a shaman and instead enlisted in the uh, u.s armed forces and went to fight in vietnam during mm-hmm. during the war Viet, uh, during the war forge's own command was wiped out by enemy soldiers anguished and enraged by the deaths of his men forge used the spirits of his nine newly killed uh, men to cast a spell that opened up a mystical porter to another dimension which came through demons that slew the enemy soldiers um years later forge became an inventor and working for the u.s government where he actually uh saw um rom's uh, neutralizer gun and reverse engineered it and made sure. turned it into the go away mutants gun you know when he took away storm's powers it was I because he not. saw rom's gun well, that was uh, part of this. Yeah, is that the whole life song business? Is that it's part a of life that? song? It's part of life song. All right, I think I've, I think I read life song two, but not one. Well, everyone knows the sequels is better. Of <laughs> so, <laughs> it was uh, up its ass, own ass with artsiness, fartsiness. So yeah, well the first uh, the first one was kind of super racist against Native Americans. So I might have read that one. Was it super artsy fartsy with lots of paintings and weirdness? No, this oh. one was uh, yeah two, two socks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like that. <laughs> and I like Forge. Don't get me wrong. Forge is I great. Forge can be cool, but when they lean heavily into the Mystical shaman stuff. I am not happy. Alien alien dire wraiths invaded his headquarters in Eagle 
Plaza, Dallas in Texas. And he was, when he was working on weaponry to be used against them, mm-hmm. uh, Neze and various members of uh, the, uh, members and allies of the X-Men, including Storm, joined Forge and battling the Wraiths. Uh, question, real quick. The Dire Race, that's, that's uh, Rom's that- main adversary? Yes, okay. uh, but they get folded into like X Men stuff, right? Because like, they, they weren't from the comics, so they could use them. Okay, yeah, or from well, the toys, from the yeah. toys. I mean, yeah. Well, technically, uh, technically, IDW can also use them, but well, yeah, yeah, no, but I just mean like I uh, know that Marvel couldn't use Rom past a certain point, but they could use other characters like the Space Knights and stuff. Yeah, in fact, um, uh, Kid Cable, Teen Cable, right now is uh, fighting a bunch of space knights because he has a space uh, space knight sword that he thinks uh, is like really rad, and he's just like, "Why would I? No, stop trying to take my cool sword. I will fight you." Can you <laughs> remind me one more time of who Kid Cable is or Teen Cable is? Like, what's his it's deal? Cable? It's just Cable, but he so was given a childhood. Cable, like they plucked Cable early. Wait, so is no, there no, also? No. No, no. So he was just, he was just brought back as you remember, like they no. like they could put they could put minds into just bodies that they yeah, make. But they put everyone into like their own bodies instead no, no, of like, hey, no. I'm going to make you 40 years younger. They could do whatever they want. They just create the bodies. But why'd they do that for Cable? And no one because else. Because he never had a childhood. Let let him have a childhood, Rob. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let's be a little honest here. Uh, Magneto didn't exactly have the best childhood. But, uh, but Magneto but doesn't what? get to be a kid again. Magneto didn't opt into being a child. <laughs> like, oh, so Cable asked for this? Yeah, like he he would have mm. had to. No, he, he oh, oh, you're assuming he asked for it. Well, no, he would have had to because they wouldn't have put him in the body otherwise. How do you know that? Silence does not equal consent, Jesse. He may not have wanted that. Because, because, like, he's very explicitly happy about being a kid again. He mentions oh. it multiple times. Okay, so his <laughs> his memories are all there and everything. He's just in a kid body, a teenager body. Yeah, pretty much. Like he knows, like his he knows his he has his memories and stuff and his powers. He's just in a kid body. Would so that really of- be like being a kid again? We are not getting into the existential <laughs> realm of this. I, I just think it would just feel like me with more energy. Like, I don't think I'd be a kid again. I wouldn't feel the oh, same stupid okay. way that just I would. Read, I just read the book. He's a convincing kid, okay? <laughs> but old cable. So there is no old cable at the same time. No, it's just, no, this it's is just cable. Him. This is no, cable. He's, he's, he's allowed to have a childhood. And, and there's, be with a th- okay. And there's still with- a Nate Gray. There's still an X-Man. I... Yeah, there has to be. But they brought back all the mutants from the dead. Even if he's dead, he's got to be back, right? He, he has to be. Okay. All he right. has to be. He hasn't came up yet, but like, man. Okay. All right. I'm done. Okay. Man, we can't talk. Every time we talk what about What happened X-Men- to Bastion? What happened to Bastion? Oh, my God. I'm not talking about Bastion. He was a we robot, can- right? He was a next level sentinel type thing. Yeah, experiment. yeah, he wouldn't be brought back. Okay. What? Well, well, I mean, they could, I don't know. Okay. I mean, did they bring it back, Joseph? I don't know. We can't talk about X Men. Every time we talk about X Men stuff, it's just a spiral. <laughs> it's a spiral. So Vulcan <laughs> is the third side, the third <laughs> Summer's brother. You know the one that was sent on a suicide mission and killed, right? And then we erased he, from. Now they erased him from his memories. Did he like? 
totally live with them and everything until they were like 12 and they erased all of that or was yeah he... that's no that's wow. what was admitted so he was on the airplane and he was abducted wait no how did i don't know no no that was no that oh. was a different thing no they were split up beforehand oh they okay. had to have been yeah i don't know i don't know no. that seems pretty messed up well you know and I mean, he's look alive at Cors- right? and look at corsair yeah he is there's a well, lot of mutants alive. Corsair, to be alive. See, I, the original incarnation of Corsair wasn't such a deadbeat dad. He was just stuck on the other side oh, of the galaxy. Uh, I thought like they know. made I, him because they now constantly point, visiting Earth. Like they kind of made him look worse because he's always point, around now. Okay, okay. So I'm just saying, at a certain point, yeah, you're a de- at a certain point, you're just stuck. But right. once you get, once you have the ability to go like hyperspeed and join, like go to other places, then you're a deadbeat dad. But they thought, but he thought they were dead. Guess what? You can go back and check. Well, the hell of much double checking. You've been abducted and taken to an alien, ga- another galaxy, I believe, right? It's the Shi'ar galaxy, right? Okay, okay. Here's what I'm saying. Though. Another galaxy. Yes, but another galaxy that has light speed technology. I'm just like, saying it's not can... a big. It's not a big leap to go well, back to Earth. What you have a ship that's capable of warp speed. I'm just it's... saying two things. I'm just saying two things, Jesse. Number one is uh, he's got a pretty good reason for maybe being a little behind on visits. And number two, he should not have to pay alimony if he's living in another galaxy. Okay. That's all I have to say. Okay, but okay, it's a difference between <laughs> like he's still like even if his family, even if like his family is that like he could go back to I don't know his childhood home every once in a while. Like he seems to really like dating like alien women. Why did he take uh, them back home? Yeah, have you seen what's her face? Hezbollah, 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 Hezbollah. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's always had a thing for tail. Oh, wait, 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 Jesse, Jesse, you definitely have this. Oh, no, Jesse. Oh, no. Let's not make this podcast longer, because you're going to have to do that a lot. Um. By the way, you're the one extending this. Oh, yeah, adversary. So, adversary. Yeah. Forge killed all his people. He killed a bunch of people. Because he was sad that his whole battalion or whatever nine small troop, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Whatever. His whole u- platoon unit got wiped out. Yeah. And so, he was right. The adversary. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah. Like. Storm, who was. Whose powers were taken by one of Forge's uh, inventions, went to. Eagle Plaza to ask Forge to restore powers, but Forge wasn't there, but instead encountered the adversary, who she believed to be Naze. The false Naze convinced Storm that Forge had fallen under the influence of the adversary and was attempting to destroy the Earth. Hmm. That's not good. Naze, the fake Naze and Storm, went into the mountain in the, in the western United States, where... where there was the heart of his magic. The false Naze, Naze had Storm go up the mountain to stop Forge, claiming that he could not go himself since Forge set up mystical alarms and defenses against him. Wait, so this mountain was a Cheyenne mountain, right? I guess. So that means there's a Cheyenne mountain where both Forge and the Autobots have a headquarters. 
Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Just making the connections. Just drawing yeah. the lines together. Yep. Yep. Um, did Transformers have a license comic? Their, their with base Marvel? was in Cheyenne Mountain. See, that was oh, in the okay. original cartoon. That's oh no. That's well, the, I was I was asking. Yeah. Did did didn't yes. Transformers yeah, have did, a Marvel? What? Yeah, of course they did. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Really weird, but it was amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, so the false. It's an episode. There was an issue called Car Wash of Doom. I had that one. It was like 27, 28, yeah. maybe 30s. I don't know. Indeed, Forge had no doubt set up such alarms and defenses, but not against Naze, but uh-huh. against the adversary himself. Mm. Um, Storm fought off the demons that attacked her and stabbed Forge, only learned that he was actually attempting to close the dimensional gateway, which the demons were coming through. In an attempt to escape the demons, Forge and Storm both fell through the gateway and transported to the Earth of a parallel dimension on which there was no other human beings existed. And that's that's when they had the whole Stockholm Syndrome. That's when they fall in love. So she falls Don't in love know. with the guy who took away her powers. And was lying, basically lying to her most of the time, too. He did? He didn't? T- oh, she didn't even know? I mean, she knew her powers were taken away, and that it was a forge invention, but not him directly causing oh, it. like yeah. him pulling the trigger. Yeah. Okay. And also, he could have returned her powers anytime. Oh, now yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's a hot button issue right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yes, thus the adversary had to get rid of the two people he regarded as the only real threat to his plans, destroy uh, and remake the universe. So he offered them the chance to become the world spirits of the new Earth Boo. he planned to create mm-hmm. and the planets of the new human race. Um, then, like, the adversary captured Roma, the Gardas, who acted as guardian and caretaker in the of the known dimensions and then held a prisoner and starlight citadel and oh god good lord yeah we're getting getting back down oh my god yeah yeah this is a lot about somebody that i've vaguely heard of well uh after after this part Mm -hmm. this is when we get the australian run where okay um where uh they all are they have a Something a spell cast on them where electronic where everyone forgets yeah. that they. It's the siege perilous. Dead. They go through the siege well, perilous. No, 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 before the siege perilous. No, the siege. No, no, before oh, the Australia. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, that yes, was yes. And that yeah. happened at Eagle Plaza. That's right, because at the beginning, that's when I started reading X Men, and yeah. so they they had references and flashbacks occasionally to Eagle Plaza, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So so yeah, basically Roma made made them like everyone think they're dead because mm-hmm. otherwise something something something. Oh, oh okay, all right. So yeah. that ties into the time that I'm actually into. So okay, and I I honestly can't tell that. I mean, I honestly can't care anything because no. this is just I can't. No, I can't. It's I mean, too. Yeah. Yeah, I like the period in comics directly after this, and yet I have no interest in going back and finding this, all this business out. Yeah. Yeah, so we are going to just, uh, we're just in this one, you know? I don't know how to end it. I, I, uh, well, he's a guy. Well, he's not well, really a guy. He's a, he's a being. Well, well, no, I don't know how to end the 
the this season of the podcast because the whole thing was about everyone being dead. Oh yeah, you just did a whole couple hundred, whole yeah, huge book of the dead. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so so yeah, let's uh, let's do plugs. Okay, um, I'll plug my podcast, Interrupted Tales. It's a comedy podcast where me and my co-host will read an old story from a pulp fiction magazine, so sci-fi, romance, action, crime, whatever. And one person will read the story, and the other host will make fun and jokes of it as they go along. It's like Mystery Science Theater 3000 in a podcast form. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts, or you can find more about Interrupted Tales at our website, ohthehumanity.com. That's ohthehumanity.com for clips and information. So this is this is this is Jesse. And uh <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make this proclamation right now. You're gonna because, plug away every single yeah. episode for a good 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Well n- n- no, no, oh. I'm making this one short. But I we have we have a podcast together, Rob. Oh we do. It's called Turn to Page and <laughs> for now. I, for now, yeah. And I'm going to uh uh, th- it's going to be out by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll yeah. probably be done too. You know, after our feud really kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Um, this but, is yeah, the, the f- beginning of the end, by the way. I, I thought you should. But know. I, uh, but I pledge that this, by the time the d- tomorrow, when this episode comes out, we're going to have a brand new turn to page episode, which is the first one. <laughs> okay, so. So, but that's where I'd get where, but that's a podcast where me and Rob, one of us reads a choose your adventure book and the other mm-hmm. one kind of goes through it. And, you know, we just, uh, we, you know, we find out like how time gets small if you get smaller. Yeah. You will be amazed at my terrible decision making skills and constant deaths in the first book that we do. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, listen to that one. It is turn to page. And also, if you want to throw, you know, a little cash my way, uh, you can go to uh, my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash alphabetflight. Where All you right. can, that's, that, that's where you go to for your throwing money at Jesse Needs. Yes. Might I recommend the top tier where Jesse will fly to your town and give you a back rub? Yes. If you that's... pay me enough, I will do that because... Yeah. I have I have death wish right now, and it's surprisingly cheap. So check it out. It's five dollars. Give me five dollars. <laughs> five dollars a month, and he's gonna come out first class. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this is. Uh, oh, also, if you want to see pictures and stuff of the people we're talking about, go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. So this has been Alphabet Flight and uh, Imperious Rex. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you.